You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. on the Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 132 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Moore. Today I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis. I guess co-host Sean Rao. Whatever you want to call me. Producer uh, producer Chris Guffey. And uh, I, we have a special guest, Dakota. Yes, that's right. Today's episode features Joe Burgess. Today is the big giant criminal justice episode. <laughs> oh yeah, feel that feel that bass. That's right. We're going to be talking about everything with criminal justice in Henry County, Indiana. Uh, we're going to be talking. We on one side of the table we have uh, the Henry County Prosecutor Joe Burgess. I am so proud to pronounce his name correctly the first time. And we have Liberty Defender Sean Rao on the other side of the table. Uh, Keep your that, shirts on, gentlemen. Yeah, we don't yeah. have this. Is not wrestling. You is just, a, I expect a clean, fair fight. Uh, no kidney shots. Uh, <laughs> no, this it, is costing us seven hundred dollars an hour. You better stop with the, the cheap jokes. Uh, yeah, that's right. One so of these today's guys episode, works in the private sector, yeah. and he's expensive. Yeah, that's true. If only so, my rate was seven hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> we're going to be talking to these guys about how the criminal justice system works on the county level, and then we are going to see if there's anything that can be done on the side of the courts to try to alleviate the crisis of the Henry County Jail. Uh, so make sure you stick around to the end to hear all of those dirty details. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes, I'm going to warn you, we're going to provoke you a little bit. Other times, we'll make you laugh. Hopefully, you'll always learn something new. I think that'll happen today. I'm, my goal is to provoke Dakota today. That's really the, the, the sole goal in all of this is just to pr- provoke Dakota. And uh, and then just and anything after, after that's just gravy on the biscuit. You provoke me just by sight. <laughs> just missed you so much, buddy. <laughs> just, just stop touching me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bad touch. We, <laughs> <laughs> the battery. <laughs> Joe, I have something to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just see how many crimes we can ac- accumulate today and just see what see what it's going to take. I told you so guys we have some people to thank. Um, over on patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty is where you can go to support our show. Uh, we deliver this media to you for free. However, if you pay us monthly, then you are put into a super secret Facebook group and you also get a private RSS feed for your podcast catcher and... Uh, that is where you can hear the bonus recordings that we do every week with our guests in studio for about 20 minutes beforehand. Um, we also give you access to all the show notes with links to uh, the sources that we use to write the show notes. And if you're above $50 a month, then we promise to give you a shout out on the show so the world knows how great of a person you are. The first up is uh, our other favorite lawyer who is from all the way in Hawaii. Former prosecutor himself. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Craig DaCosta. We also have Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne. And then, of course, our favorite car dealer, Jonathan Phillips. Over at Andy Moore GMC. 
That's, that's true. We also have some T-Chip stores. If you want to get some Boss Hog of Liberty clothing items, uh, you can find those tchip.com slash B-H-O-O-1, 2, or 3. And I bought two shirts today. Did you? I bought my fall uh, BHOL3 from the BHOL3 collection. Ah. I really wanted the BHOL2, but I honestly, I'm I'm offended at the font. Well, it's you know. not the font I told you to get, and it doesn't look anything <laughs> like the thing we were trying to do. And I, this is my public place to gripe and complain. It's literally the exact same font. It can't be. Uh, from the Adam Sandler shirt you sent I me. think it was caps on the Adam Sandler one, and it was you're, you had lower oh, is that it? It did not look it was, good. I put it in my font. I hope, I hope I put it in the font spot finder. Yet. So yeah, I think we have to try it again. What they give me. If we go caps, I'll buy it. Okay, I will go back to the well I'll and I'll it buy it. You. But, but you, was... but you got from BHOL three, which yes. is the stuff that we promise is ultra uh, ultra premium beaver fur from right here in Henry County, softened and uh, pre shrunk. Uh, mine is uh, mine's going to be long sleeve and in ah. the black. So Ooh. I'm I waited until uh, until the weather was supposed to turn so I could wear the long sleeve and in the crisp fall air. Smart thinking. That's that's uh, that's why you make the big bucks. I, I didn't need to be wearing the long sleeve black shirt in June. I'll tell you that. All right. So now we now we have a portion of the show where we're going to introduce our guests. Uh, Sean. Yes. You need no introduction. Sean, you're co-hosting. So if you could introduce yourself, that would make it <laughs> easier for everybody else. Uh, I I said that we should make you officially a co-host in the show notes because I'm game. Danny Morrill is listed as a co-host. Oh. But you've been on like <laughs> six probably, more times than he has. <laughs> After this is true. over, I have a Danny story for you, okay. Sean. Excellent. He's Excellent. got an exciting day tomorrow. I love Danny stories. Yes. And then, uh, of course, to uh, uh, my left or the camera's right, we have Joe Burgess. And I'm going to keep saying your name until I mess it up, okay? You already did. Yeah, you just did. <laughs> Burgess. Gosh, right. darn it. It doesn't make a difference. Oh, well. My mom found out she was immoral after uh, about six months of uh, knowing my dad. Uh, she thought she was a morel because then my dad introduced himself as that. And then she met the rest of the family, and he just she just realized that the Marines had beaten him into saying the wrong name. So I, it doesn't make a difference. Eventually you just, on the first day school is never pronounced right. I just learned to raise my hand and say here. Yeah, well, Joe B. Sounds good. Or known as the prosecutor. <laughs> the prosecutor. Uh, <laughs> can't change it. Are, are you, are you, uh, are you with us, Dakota? I'm, I'm, I'm with us. I'm, I'm, I'm with us. <laughs> You're I'm, producing. Yeah, You're I'm, over here giving commands. I'm texting Chris Guffey. I already um, just did it. Okay. <laughs> it's all Joe's fault it's again. A mess. That's what this is that's what this is about. We'll, we won't keep it quiet. Joe Dakota you, thinks Joe's too quiet. Yeah, Joe, you were sworn in as the Henry County prosecutor on J- July third, twenty twelve. Uh that's one one day away from the big one. Yeah. July fourth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why where where were you at before you were sworn in as prosecutor? Just like, some some background knowledge. He was assistant to the regional prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, joined the prosecutor's office in uh, June of uh, 2003, and then I was a deputy in the office until July 3rd, 2012. What does a deputy prosecutor do? Um, I, at first, I was assigned mis- or in misdemeanor court, uh, so I did misdemeanors. Most of the marijuana prosecutions. Uh, yeah. yeah, that. Um, the OVWIs, batteries, resisting law enforcements, uh, all, all the misdemeanors. Sovereign citizens. Uh, no, we, we didn't have many of them because they don't like to show up to court. <laughs> oh, okay. um, and then after that, I moved up to major felonies uh, after a couple of years. And uh, then I just did major felonies until I was uh, a, um, a point or elected prosecutor. So the, uh, the the prosecutor you served under was uh, Judge Kit Crane. Yes. 
and he uh, filled a vacancy on the uh, is it the circuit court? Yeah, so he became he uh, took over for uh, Judge Payton, uh, and he became judge of Henry Circuit Court Number Two. He was appointed by the governor. So he got appointed mm-hmm. by the governor, and then you went before the uh, the tribe of elephants, and they otherwise known as the precinct committeemen. Yes, yes, and they <laughs> and they selected you to become the prosecutor. Yes, they did. All right. Which, uh, if, if you're watching Central Indiana News now, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, a very similar process is happening in Marion County, uh, where their their prosecutor has uh, health issues, and he resigned, and now there's an opening, and there's a an acting prosecutor, and then they're going to uh, the tribe of tribe this of donkeys weekend, will be right? uh, will 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 gather and uh, and select. You uh, you graduated from Purdue University in polit- with degree in political science and history. Yes, boiler up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, are you are you the one that's backing Mason Rottinghouse at Purdue University in the back of boiler program? I sure. support anything Mason. for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would think not. Our intern this summer was uh, Mason. He's a tri high grad and he's a pharmacy student at, okay. at uh, Purdue. Uh, and we've been detailing the college uh, funding over the over this getting to know Mason and having him on here. Uh, and Purdue is the uh, first country or first college in the country. That has its own um, alumni bank, essentially. Really? So you uh, you sign up and uh, you sponsor, or you you basically provide the funding instead of student loans. Alumni provide the back boiler program, and then you repay another boiler, essentially. I I'm just paying the U.S. Department of Education. So <laughs> it'll be like that until I get enough money for loans for my daughter, probably. Yeah, yeah. you just cycle through. I, we're uh, we're 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 having fun doing the same thing with uh, with my bride's IU degree. So that's a uh, unless we can get Bernie in there to fix it, right? Bernie, Commissar Bernie, go. <laughs> Bernie's had a hell of a week, man. Yeah. I don't know. The last Bernie. time that we talked to Sean, it was about student loans, yes. and it just yes. nit- naturally cycles back to this conversation. Yeah. I guess it's heavy on everybody's mind, man. It's always uh, always there, ever present. Not on mine because I don't have any. So, Joe, did uh, did Purdue bring you to Indiana? <laughs> it did. Yes. Was it on purpose that you stayed, or was it like, oh shoot, I guess That's where I'll I go. met my wife, and so we <laughs> stayed. Yeah, I like it here, though. It's and great. Was she from here? Yeah, she's from Henry County. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. You don't sound anything like Ed Tarantino. No, I do not. <laughs> uh, I lost my accent a long time ago. Can you get it back if you need it? Yes, when I get mad uh, or I start yelling, it comes back. Can we talk Does about it ever the, Can we talk about or, or, I if I, or if I call that. my sisters? Can we? Yeah, I was gonna say when I go back to New York State, I you know by the end of the weekend, I picked up "wicked" and a couple other words again. Yeah, there are certain words that just come back. I think. <laughs> Does it ever happen in the courtroom? Like you're well, like Sean really did well, something here's to the piss problem. you off. I don't I don't really know when it comes back. So like yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I got mad and I started yelling, and and when I came back to the office. Uh, my chief deputy was there and I said, Hey, did my accent come back? He goes, Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I, the problem is I just don't know when it comes back. So That's I can't hilarious. tell. You're just in Kroger and they don't have the kumquats you want. And, <laughs> <laughs> ah, get and now that. I'm going to be craving kumquats like until I can get. Some. Well, good luck finding them in Kroger. Yeah. yeah. I got to find them. Mm. You got to go to the Aldi. Darn it. So if I if we talk about the Mets and the uh, and the firing the unjust firing of a, ma- a two year manager is that, that going to upset you or are you it okay? doesn't make sense to me so the 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 general manager who assembled this bad bullpen who blew most of the games for them is now uh, you know it's the manager's fault uh, 
for the the bad bullpen that the general manager put together. It uh, doesn't seem to make sense to me. Uh, right after Jeremiah mentioned that, I watched it, Joe take a glance down at the show notes like, is this really in here? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll always talk about the Mets. <laughs> all right. Well, how about we talk about how the court system works in Henry County? Uh, there's a quote at the top of uh, this section of the show notes that says, if I'm arrested, then what's the standard process in Henry County? So I, I'm guessing that if you get arrested in Henry County, you you know you resist as much as possible, uh, put up a fight, don't go down unless you're kicking and screaming, right? Is that how you're supposed to do it? If you want to get a felony, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about sovereign citizens, so I figured <laughs> that had to tie in somewhere. Uh, no, but really though, what uh, if I get arrested? Say you're a random say, guffy walking down the street. Yeah. Oh no. I was gonna say I walk That's out of here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. <laughs> I, I walk out of here tonight, and someone starts mouthing off, and I punch him in the nose, and all of a sudden I get a battery charge. What happens next? I've never been arrested before. I need this explained to me. Uh, so a uh, police officer would presumably investigate and gather evidence and uh, things of that nature. And if he uh, wants to make the arrest there on the scene, he can do that and compile a report, send it to Mr. Burgess's office, and they pick it up from there. So you'd be taken to jail. Yes. Be processed. You have a preliminary charge against you that yeah, the, the yeah, police so the, officer would have given you, the right? The police do the preliminary charges, and then once you're arrested, you go to jail, you have an opportunity to bond out. If you don't bond out, you'd have an uh, a probable cause determination within 48 hours. Police would forward the report to the prosecutor's office. And if you're still in jail, we'll you get guys those work all five prepared. days of the week or are you like yeah. a four day program? No, 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 no. Like I, the other county no we're eight to eight to four. So Monday if you get, Friday. if you get arrested on a Friday, it's just Monday. It's not all the way till Tuesday. Yeah. yeah it's Monday morning. All right. And so, yeah, so you would be, um, you'd have your initial hearing come Monday, but the, but first we would get the paperwork prepared, file it with the court. Um, and then a judge will make a, a determination of probable cause. And then you'd come for your initial hearing. Um, at that, you can either plead guilty. You'd be sentenced. If you pled not guilty, court would set it for pretrial jury trial or bench trial date. And then the case would proceed from there. So I, I, I'm arrested and I'm taken to jail and I get charges of battery pressed against me because I punched this guy in the nose and he wants to f- press charges against me. He doesn't and get to decide, right? Is that how it works? No, the police make the determination. Yeah, okay, the police make the determination. And I call Sean and I say, Sean, I'm not guilty. Yeah. I was, this was self defense. Yes. And he was running his mouth. Yes. And, uh, you know, words cut like a knife. <laughs> not hearing self defense <laughs> yet, but okay. <laughs> there used to be this doctrine of fighting words where if someone said something right. to you, it would flame you, but that's not really Them's something. fighting that, words, son. Yeah, that's not yeah. something that'll fly now. Uh, mm. But. I think I, I'd like to go with a dual defense. Yeah, a dual. <laughs> they Mutual combat. They do with those two. Trial by combat. Yeah. Is that what, do we have that in Henry County? Trial by combat. Uh, I'd like to pick my champion. His name is Chris Guffey. Yeah. yeah. You might want to pick Cade Coger on that one, buddy. Yeah, I'd pick Cade. <laughs> I mean, I've been shooting a lot lately, but you might want Cade on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I plead not guilty. And do I automatically get a jury trial? If I plead not guilty to If it. it's a misdemeanor, you have to request one within, was it 10 days before the prior, first trial setting? Yes, prior to the If first it's a felony, setting. yeah, you automatically yeah. get a jury trial. And if it's okay. a level six, you get a six-person jury. If it's five or above, you get a 12-person jury. How many jury. people are on a jury for a misdemeanor? Six. Six. 
Hmm. Do you roll your eyes if they ask for a, tri- a jury trial for a misdemeanor? No, nah, it's their right. If they ask for it, they, that's what they get. What if I, what if I miss that 10 day timeline? You're probably not going to get a jury it. trial. Yeah. It's, yeah, you it's gone. It. That's why it is important to have a lawyer representing you on misdemeanors. From the very beginning. Yes. How long do I have till I can claim a speedy trial? You can claim it at any time as long as you're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. If you're incarcerated at any point, and then the FB tried within 70 days. Now, is it true that I would get my one phone call in the jail? Yeah, I don't is that a real thing, or is that from the movies? Uh, I think it's from the movies. <laughs> now you just get one one Facebook Messenger post. Yeah, that's a uh, that's got to be that's got to be horrible for the jailers because I know that everybody that's in there that's not been in jail before is going. I get my one phone call. <laughs> I've heard it before. Uh, Jeez, oh Pete, I would be call- Sean. You would be you my get, first phone. You get call. one tweet, one Instagram <laughs> post. Your choice. Sitting in jail, Sean won't answer my call. Sad. Facebook Send me an instant. <laughs> Frowny emoticon. Yeah. No good. Very bad. Sean normally gets back to me within a year, so I'm, I'm sure it won't take too long. I answer Chris within uh, minutes. So. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Look, hey, he probably thought I was asking him to come to my defense. Yeah. No. He thought he was going to make money out of no, it. Guffy's, sure did. <laughs> Guffy's going to the front of the line. There's no, no money to be had here. Hmm. Interesting. So, so if I get found guilty, I, I'm found guilty by uh, a jury of my peers that I that uh, words don't, in fact, cut like knives, <laughs> and I have no grounds for self defense. Um, am what? Well, I guess first of all, how long would I be going to jail, and would I be going to prison instead? So, if it's a misdemeanor, it's just a Henry County jail sentence. Um, if you have no criminal record whatsoever, the likelihood of you going to jail is probably not very high. Um, if it's a felony, if it's a level six, you're still probably going to the Henry County jail. Most likely. Um, if it's a five and above, then you're going to the DOC and that well, that level six felony. That's quite the issue that we'll get into later. Um, okay. So I'm guilty. Is it, how does this process of, um, uh, whenever a person is found guilty and they want a retrial, how does how does all of that work? How, how can you just request to to have a new trial well, after after a jury trial? You have the right to appeal, appeal to the court of appeals within thirty days. So usually at sentencing, the judge will ask Mister Al, will you talk to your client whether he wishes to appeal? And if I'll talk to him, and usually we'll talk about that ahead of time, and uh, they'll indicate whether they want to appeal or not. If they do, they have thirty days. Uh, to file their notice of appeal, and then that goes up to the Court of Appeals. And that's all written briefs and typed-up transcripts and everything like that, case law, that may support or hurt you, uh, depending on what side you're on. You don't really get to... It's it's mostly done... Like, it's correspondence. It's not... Uh, you can have oral argument at Court of Appeals, but that's pretty... Yeah, everything's rare. based on the transcript yeah. from, the, yes. from the trial. So... Okay. The the most that I know about the criminal justice system comes from listening to the serial podcast. <laughs> and what I and what I've heard from Sean. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm both great sources. I'm relatively ignorant of it. I'm not sure what that says about you, Sean. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> well it's just great, because, like I said, both great sources. Uh, it's just because, you know, the last Amen. time he came on we talked about student loans, not about the criminal justice system. This is this is Sean's escape from his day job. Uh you know, we One try to, <laughs> but his favorite. Yeah, yes, that's right. Easy. So, um, uh, I have a couple of questions. 
uh, about your role in particular in in all of this, in my whole debacle of punching that guy in the nose. Okay, where are you the guy who? So we've already determined that the police are the ones who uh, who determined that there are charges pressed against me. Is that right? No, so they make a formal arrest and they preliminary charge you and then they forward the report. Charges. It's my office that makes the actual determination of what charges to file. Okay. And and does all do all the charges cycle through you or do they do deputy prosecutors get to handle some of that? So all misdemeanors and level sixes are sign are signed off by the deputy prosecutors handling those cases. The major felonies, um, almost all are signed by me. So I review okay. them and, and I sign them. All right. So, um, and then I guess next is, uh, the, I, I read online and uh, this was just making these show notes. If you're a Patreon member, then the link where it says prosecutors roll in your show notes. That's where I read this. Uh, I read that the prosecutor in some counties across the state, uh, doesn't handle criminal trials at all. Is that the case here? Like I, do I just sit at my desk and do nothing? No. Well, as, no, in, no, like, no. as in like being in the courtroom. It, I think it probably depends upon the size of your county. Yeah. I yeah. would. Yeah. I mean, and, I think that's your, true. So like in, in Rush County, they only have uh, the prosecutor, chief deputy, and then uh, one prosecutor. So I know in, in many counties small like this one, uh, the prosecutor takes an active role. I take an active role. I, I tried two cases, two jury trials within the last 12 months. Um, and so, no, I, I do. I, I handle cases. I think that's important. Um, I try to work with all the police uh, as well, especially on the major felonies. In fact, my phone's been ringing twice here while we're sitting here with the police officer <laughs> calling me. Um, so no, I no, I don't. I, I handle cases. I have a, a caseload clearly not as big as some of the others because I am running the office doing other things. But okay, so if we're if we're talking about the the percentages of tri- of cases that get settled or dropped or go to trial. Actually, having a jury trial or a bench trial is probably the the vast majority. No, it's pretty rare. Almost yeah. all cases are resolved I'm sorry, by plea the agreement. Vast major- minority, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's just simple math issue, right? So, uh, you know, I I hear people complain about plea agreements, but really they're a necessary evil of the of the process. I I don't have last year's numbers, but the year before when I did it, I think we filed two thousand or or twenty two hundred cases, uh, criminal cases, misdemeanor, felony cases. And so if you think about it, we only have three courts. You don't have the broad width, the bandwidth to handle yeah. all of those. You, you couldn't, I mean, really the question becomes then, you know, if you have three courts and you tried one a week, which is, you know, would be, I'm not sure it's possible, but, but assuming that you could try one a week, not taking out some weeks, the judges take vacations, you might be able to try, I don't know, 150 a year, something like that. Yeah. So out of the 150, you're going to try, you know, those other, you know, 2000 uh, cases, what do you tell those people? Sorry, I I chose to do these uh, only do these 150 cases. So it's it's just a numbers thing. And and the other thing is like Sean and the other uh, defense attorneys, we all have a good idea of what we think, you know, a judge might do. And so we kind of figure that part out. Also, you know, you look at a case and some of them are strong, some of them are weaker. Sometimes there are issues with the case. Um, and so all of those things go into playing as to you know. How how may we resolve this case in a way that's efficient and, and good for the system and good for victims? Okay, so you you have the power to decide what charges are brought against a person that was arrested, right? Yes, the formal charges. So if say um, 
say a cop arrests me because I punched that guy in the nose. And well, you start looking at the details of the case and uh, it seems like maybe that guy took a swing at me first and you disagree with the police officer. Do you have the power then to drop the charges that are against me? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if I read a case and for whatever reason I decide, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to file this now. Maybe he arrests you, but I want more investigation. So, uh, you know, I'd have the power to say, okay, if you hadn't bonded out, well, I want you to release him now because I'm not going to file charges and I'd like it to be investigated further. And okay. at, at times, I don't know if you do now, but the investigators have had prosecutors, uh, the prosecutor's office has had investigators as well. Like yeah, Butch yeah. Baker had served as, as a, sure. a prosecutorial investigator in the past. Yep. And my, I have one now, Scott Pinkerton. Yeah. From the Pinkerton Detective Agency? Sure. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what his invoices say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That Those are all the questions that I had for you about that. This cleared up so much for me. Um, that's all you wanted to know. <laughs> that's that's about it. Uh, as as far as like the pro, how the process goes, I, I think it's a pretty good understanding of of what the general steps are. Sean, do you have anything you wanted to add to that before we uh, about the prosecutor's role in the justice system? I mean, he, uh, about yeah, well, really, just how it works in general, like well, all the things we talked about. I mean, he has broad discretion, and the voters decide who's going to have that authority. And, um, I, my opinion has been with, I've been doing this for seven years. He uses that, uh, very appropriately. And, um, but the way, um, a prosecutor in this type of County should run an office would be to be available for the trial work. And as well as, uh, Joe's been a great supporter and a huge part of, uh, drug court and veterans court and those problem solving courts that were both there for every Wednesday and Friday. And I, I honestly, it's one of the best parts of my week because we're not at odds with each other. We're trying to find solutions and we're trying to find uh, the best thing for people and people uh, mess up their consequences. But um, you know, that he's taken absolutely an active role in the justice system. And I think that's what a prosecutor in this type of County can do. I don't think you can be hands off and, this type of county with our resources, I think you have yeah. to get in there, get in the get in the mix, and and uh, do battle sometimes. And he does that. Awesome, yeah. So I do have a hypothetical. Uh-oh. So you said you what? Uh, one hundred fifty is what actually goes to trial, and the others. No, are, no, I no. said oh, that's the max <laughs> you could. That's, that's, the, cap. The, max that's you could. the cap you could. <laughs> okay, so what if like five hundred people? Like, oh, how about one hundred seventy three people? Like, you know, the jail ish all said we want speedy trials. Well, speedy trial rule says uh, so you have to try them within 70 days absent any uh, any uh, um, delays caused by them or or for uh, uh, calendar congestion. So if there's a trial going that day, it'd bump everyone off and and there wouldn't be no. So if it if it bumped it past the 70 days, it would be okay. It wouldn't count against the state. I was trying to think how to cheat the system. (laughs) <laughs> all criminals yeah, they, they, demand they, a speedy a, trial. There's an out curved into it. But if you if you look at the population of the jail, those are not all people that are awaiting trial. Some of them are serving sentences oh, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And you've got the you've got some of those numbers now or you looked at it. No, today, I just I looked at it cuz one of the questions had to do with and if you want to get to it later, but yeah. it had to do with the possession of marijuana cases and so I was looking, well, 
you know, that's a misdemeanor. How many misdemeanors do we actually have in jail just in jail by itself? Now, I only looked at those who are pretrial or had some issue, not the ones who've been sentenced, because I'm not there that often, but I don't think there's many. In, I don't, if there's any, it would surprise me right now. But when I looked, we only have nine people in, who are in jail right now on a misdemeanor charge. Out of those nine, four or five of them are just misdemeanor being held pretrial. Uh, the other four, um, two of them are, are in there because they committed a misdemeanor, but they have, they're on probation. So the judge mm-hmm. would, the judge should, uh, issued, I think, a no hold bond or no hold warrant on them or no bond warrant. No bond. And then the other two, they're in, uh, they were out on bond on a misdemeanor and committed a new offense or no, the one guy, he was out on a, a dealing conviction and he, or dealing case. And then he committed a, or allegedly committed a misdemeanor. And so therefore he's being held. So it, there's only nine misdemeanor type cases out of 199 in the jail. So of those nine, half of them have, are there because a judge has forced them to be there. Yeah, exactly. So there's five total that are taking bed space. All right. So I have, I actually just thought of another question. Um, and it, it was, it has to deal with, um, whenever you were talking earlier about, um, how everybody kind of, how everybody can kind of work together within the, the criminal justice system. Like you're saying, like, you know, and, and Sean knows kind of how judges will react to certain different charges that are being brought against an individual and you, and I mean, obviously, everybody gets a feel for different situations in any job. But do you think that 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 can also have some sort of an impact on the the quality of uh, of of service that, say, a defense attorney is giving to a, a client in that case? Not necessarily. I mean, I could I could say with confidence, you know, this is where I practice. This is where I've worked for seven years. I know all three judges very well. I know their tendencies as far as sentencing so on the different types of cases. And if you're convicted with your type of history, this is what I expect. Uh, but if you go to trial, here are the points that I think we could try to make. Or if we don't have anything to argue, we could just argue that the state couldn't prove its case. And, um, and that's all we have. And maybe, um, you know, trial is, can be kind of chaotic at times sometimes. And it's, it's a possibility that that would be a risk they want to take. Um, and it's their decision to make. It's right? ultimately I mean, the client's decision to decide whether they want to go to trial or not. And I always tell them, it's always going to be your choice. I'm never going to tell you no, because I'm a trial attorney. I like to litigate. Um, I don't want to be behind a desk and I don't want to sit there and push paper. And I want to be in a courtroom and being no. in a courtroom in front of a jury, pick a jury. And but what I want like to say that. is my uncle's girlfriend is a paralegal in the state of yeah. Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you like that joke? Yeah, I love, I love uh, the, the things that annoy me. Pet peeves are usually, um, Oh, my uncle's an attorney and he says that I should do this. And you know, some your guy, uncle could be in yeah, like, like the Alaska. Be a, could it's be like a totally a different area. He's, he's the patent attorney. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, you know, if, if his opinion is so great, go hire him. Right. That's a pet peeve Especially if they're from another state yeah. where the laws are different and the yeah. practice and procedure and are different. It, it's just, you know, I'm getting, oh, my, my girlfriend doesn't thinks this is too bad or whatever. It's just, okay. I mean, I, I've only went to college, went to graduate <laughs> school, went to law school, practiced for seven years. But you have Google, so it's fine. Yeah, it's like Wikipedia. It's I, I, I don't know too many doctors, but I'd imagine they have similar scenarios with their patients. It's like, well, Google says I have 
you know, mm-hmm. full body cancer. It's not Google. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's, it's WebMD. WebMD. Yes. WebMD says, yeah. I've got just all these problems, doctor. You know, it's kind of like that with, with clients. Those, the ones, the, the way I do it is that if you invest time with them in the beginning and you show them that their time is valuable, you care about them. When the time comes to make a decision, they'll go with your advice nine times out of 10. There'll be times where I want a trial and I'll tell them, you know, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the best play here. Um, if you, if you get trial, you're looking at, you're looking X. at Yes. And if you, if you don't do trial, yes. you're looking at Y, which is a whole lot easier. And right? a lot of times, you know, it, it's also the known versus the unknown, right? Yeah. So you get a plea agreement where you know the outcome. Whereas if you go to trial, you don't know the outcome because if the jury convicts, then mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that the sentence is going to be greater than whatever was offered. Right. Yeah. We all do these calculations in our mind of, okay, we're in front of this judge and bird in the hand. We think, yeah, we think this is where he would be. So we're going to be here on the offer and how can you bump that offer down a year or whatever? And that's how plea negotiation. I know that Joe has had the Pinkertons working on this case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, and, and that is another thing you, you always see in like, um, Law and Order and uh, Matlock and stuff. Yes, Matlock. <laughs> Always good to be yeah. your guide Where, for the legal system. Yeah. I but prefer you, Better Call Saul. You that's always, my. That's my. Uh, you always see the two go-to. lawyers that are uh, negotiating agreements with each other. Is that is that what you two do? Do yeah. you so? What'll happen? That's a real. Def- that's a real thing. That they occurs? just decide people's fate down at the McDonald's at lunch. What'll happen? I is presume that it's Mr. 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 Burgess's like office. <laughs> Mr. Burgess's office will make a an offer, and I take that to the client. Is it like in a secure email, or is it like Hillary Clinton style, where it just comes to Sean at Gmail? It comes to my G- <laughs> Gmail, yes, <laughs> through Facebook Messenger. Come on, we don't need encryption. We're not doing state secrets here. Doing, it's going to be public record law. at some point anyway. Yeah. So, so he sends me an offer. I take it to the client. Client will say, "Okay, I'll take it," or they'll say, "No, nah, I'll see if you can do a little better." And so I'll I'll say, "Well." Why should he do any better? Well, because, you know, I've only been in trouble one other time. Okay. And so I go, so we kind of ping pong back and forth until either we come up with an agreement that'll work for, for both sides or sometimes negotiations fall apart. They're too far apart. You know, he may be at 20 years. My guy may be at five years. There's no split in the difference there. Uh, so mm, we just like 12 years if, would be. Well, I mean, in terms of that's where he wants to be. This is where my client's firm and they're both firm positions. So it's sort of like going back and forth as far as negotiation. And, um, you know, I don't, I but don't. you don't have a mediator that comes in and mediates. Oh, I would love to have a mediator. Actually, <laughs> no, like we are the mediator. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to, ourselves. yeah. You you ever, have you ever heard him get a New Jersey accent? I have heard a little bit, not directed at me, but we have a good relationship. But um, I've I've heard a little bit here and there. But I bet he had a New Jersey accent with Takuma Sato took out the field at Pocono this year. Uh, yeah, that was not happening. <laughs> it was his fault too. What did I you know think? It was yes. He, took, he ruined Rossi's chances. So what what I just gathered from what Sean said is never take the first offer. Well, well, a lot I, of, I think a lot of them the think, or a lot of defendants believe yeah. that you get three. The three please thing yes. is mm-hmm. also it's like a is that a code inside the, uh, inside the I don't the know walls. where they come up with it. It's not true. I but, but but that's what I hear. Three con- it's a lot of rule of threes type things. Three continuances, three please, um, those types of Stop things. Stop spreading those rumors. 
I've never if heard. The, they I've would never heard of three please. I don't know what that is. So, so the thought is, or the urban legend, it's not like a sovereign citizen thing, which we could talk <laughs> about sovereign citizens because I find them really funny. But um, <laughs> until you, you get, have to prosecute one, and then until it's you not have so to prosecute fun. or represent one, yeah, for that true. matter. Uh, <laughs> so the the rumor is when they try to pay, pay you in their own money <laughs> because the it's better call Saul better because call the Saul. fiat money that you that yeah. you accept is a, not. Uh, that was another part of Better Call Saul. I love. I if love it's real gold, I mean, what's the issue? So the the rumor <laughs> is that you get three. The state has to give you three plea offers, so you can say, "Now nah, I'm going to reject the first one. I want to reject the." Th-. It's kind of like three strikes in your. That's when you send like the that. third one, and it's an extra yeah, six third months. One, and then you know, but it keeps getting in their minds. It keeps getting better and not worse. Yeah. And a right. lot of times, if you if if your client is a you know just not accepting responsibility, the state could give you deadlines and um you know say take it or leave it by this date if if you don't accept then we're going to file uh for a habitual offender enhancement or something you start else. getting additional and, charges and piled on well it's it's less carrots more sticks could have filed tell me about how he really treats you there, there's less oh, carrots and more sticks great. um <laughs> but we do do that of, we yeah, say okay here's yeah, the offer if you yeah. don't accept it then we'll add this because enhancement for yeah. either side to negotiate somebody has to have leverage right so mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm arrested and, you know, and all of a sudden Joe gives an offer that mm-hmm. says that it, it was pretty bad. You broke that dude's nose really bad. And we can yeah. tell that you were obviously enraged mm-hmm. and we don't want that on the streets. So we're going to put you in jail for a year. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Sean, yeah. three months. Let's, let's shoot back with three months. And we try that, and then uh, if that doesn't work, we just either decide. And Dakota I, says, "I'm too pretty." I, <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of that depends too on the severity of the crime, right? It's a lot easier to negotiate a misdemeanor than it is a major felony. It just right. is. Um, it's not like I just murdered two people. Come on, right? Like, right? right. Wife in prison. I just murdered a man in his house while he was eating ice cream. Why are you guys oh. all going to murder? We're just talking about punching somebody in the nose. I was saying that was they're very aggressive. Quickly, we went from a misdemeanor to murder. Aggressive. He said a severe felony, and you know doesn't get more severe than that. Severe. That's, that's the most severe. So. It's its own class, actually. Murder. Oh. Well, now so jury trial. How do you guys? What's your process when you're selecting a jury? Like what? What do, you, just like what do you look for when you're like, I don't want that guy on the... On well, I'm looking for people who I think are pro-state or pro-victim. Sean's looking for people that he thinks would be good for his side. Sovereign citizens. I just... <laughs> no, I don't know that they're good for anybody. For me, yeah. <laughs> Sounds for like me. I'm getting dismissed by Joe real quick. <laughs> for me, it depends on it's the It's your case. last name. I go through the jury list and say, oh, that's a guffy. No, nope, he's out. No, I wouldn't do that. We, we get jury lists and we look at them. I mean, when I was in law school, I took a trial advocacy class and there were certain things that they would say, oh, you should look for this or, you know, this person may be pro-state, this might be pro-defendant. Um, so there's a little bit of in, uh, information in those jury lists that you kind of use as a guide as to what you think somebody may or may not be good. But really the, the thing is in jury selection, you get to talk to the people for about a half hour and you just want to get them talking, get an idea of, you know, their background. You, you know, you're looking, you don't want somebody who's going to dominate the room and annoy people probably. So you don't want that dominant person. Um, so you're just looking Do to you try want the guy that says, I firmly believe in jury nullification. <laughs> well, we don't talk about that because it really doesn't exist. Um, no, I don't sure, I certainly like don't want that. Determine the facts and the law. They uh-huh. determine the facts and the law. That's true. No, I, 
Um, I just, and Joe won't use me now. If, if I'm on a jury trial and no, I see not s- since you mentioned this, <laughs> <laughs> we want convictions. We don't want uh, jury the entire ball saga Liberty. We're out. What? It just depends. On I'm that, sorry. Uh, I just read the constitution. It's my fault. Could please continue. It depends. The type of juror I did. I want, it depends on what type of case it is. If there's a lot of scientific evidence, I want these scientific, you know, type people nerds. If it's nerds, uh, if it's, uh, you know, a young person that's like been mad and hit somebody or something like that, I want young people. And I try to, the, the way I look at it is I want my demographic to look as much like my client as possible. A lot of times that's not really possible, uh, especially in Henry County. Yeah. Um, but your average age of your juror, I'm is trying 52. to get someone to empathize with my client. And if you're from a different walk of life, the likelihood that you can empathize with some other person is lot lower i probably couldn't be selected for a jury if you were the defense attorney you couldn't i mean since we're such good friends well yeah if if oh but listen it's a small town there's only fifty thousand people as long as you say you can be fair and impartial and make a decision based on the evidence you heard you just get struck by the state for as a peremptory not a a challenge and and is it really the judge that makes the the call if you have an issue with one of the jury members so you get two two types of strikes a peremptory in a um um five or above you get 10 peremptories in a misdemeanor or level six you get five and that and you can strike them for basically any reason except for a a suspect class race religion sexual or or, um, not that race religion um national origin age, uh, whatever, like that, yeah. some, some of those things you can't discriminate based on those reasons. Most the, the biggest one is race and gender. Uh, Batson, I think is the, the race one. Um, and so you can make it for that or a challenge for cause. So you get somebody like in, it happens a lot in like sex offense cases. You'll get a juror who's either been a victim themselves, known somebody who's been a victim or even known somebody who's been accused of a crime. And there's uh, a questionnaire that, that comes out. Yeah, exactly. That you're revealing this information yes. if it's pertinent. And so if they answer those questions, yes, gen- almost always they say, you know, I don't think I'd be a good juror in this case, or I don't think I can be fair and impartial. And then those get struck for cause. And then, and you get unlimited amounts of those. You can strike them for, for whatever reason. You I typically mean, right. don't tell people what the trial is as they're showing up, right? They no, get you, let, they get they they know they're in the pool, and then they come and find out that day. Yeah, it's all they get read the charging information when they come in for jury selection. So that one of the first things the judge does is he goes through, and then he'll read the charges. So they'll know at that point what the case is about. But when they come in in that morning and they answer that three question questionnaire, that they'll know it's about a sex offense at that point. I got you. I was, I've only been selected for jury duty once and I never got called. I've never been selected because it was only been called. No, no. I got called once in rush County. Um, and then I think they settled the morning of the, so I was in the courtroom wait, courthouse waiting and they just kind of had us milling around in the uh, rush County courthouse. And I think they settled before, uh, before they actually did anything with us. So we all got paid our $10. Mine was only like a year after Sean gave his speech at the libertarian party convention. And talked about the importance of juries, yes. and yes. and I was like, "Ooh, yeah. this is my time. <laughs> <laughs> this is my chance to make a difference in the world." And then I never got called. No, if you really want me to strike you off a jury, just wear like a Blue Lives Matter T-shirt. Or something like that T-shirt <laughs> pisses me off so much. It's just like, come on. What about this, a MAGA hat? Come Does on. that work? Pro- it's <laughs> not as much. It's yeah. just mostly like yeah. just. You're going to be super pro state. If Might you as well just say just shirt. wear a shirt that says not guilty or, you know, <laughs> yeah. or guilty or whatever. I mean, it's just, 
Um, that's the cop thing, was but, always right. Yeah. What about a shirt that right. says that? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that would make. I did that have, would cause a good debate. I did have Maybe, someone wear uh, a Blue Lives Matter T-shirt to jury selection. Did you really? Yes, it hmm. very, it was upsetting to me. Was that was, was not like, in Henry County? Is that the? It deal? was in Henry County. Was he also wearing a hat that said "Come and take it"? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. It was just like, okay, I don't want to be here, so I'm going to wear this. And assuredly, ah. the defense attorney is going to strike they were, me. They, they probably smart. they probably paid extra to get they the shirt delivered on time. Did it on purpose. <laughs> that's that's why I was. Like, I don't Amazon Prime. It just came in two days. That. Yeah, yeah. They're like, come on. Come of all on. the th- of all the shirts to wear that day, that's the one you you chose. It's my regular yeah. Tuesday shirt. What's that's the problem? <laughs> it was in the rotation. That's what it was. All right, boy. gentlemen. It is a quarter after eight p.m. We need to talk about the Henry County Jail. There's been so much going on uh, in the past couple of weeks. I think there's even things going on at the courthouse tonight, right? About talking about uh, the, the council is hearing arguments for and against a tax increase to raise the county tax by 0.2% point, of an income tax. Yeah, 0.2. It's weird because Chad joined the chat. Hmm. Maybe, it, maybe it's next Thursday. I, I don't know. It's probably next I want to say the 17th. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably next yeah, month. I don't think the 17th is not next week. It's the week after. Yeah, I want to say the 17th. I know uh, that because it's it the day before week. my anniversary. God, you're so good at this. Yeah. I need to have a lot to learn from you. I'm only a year married, so I haven't I've messed up in the number sixteen. Yeah, but anyway, the Henry County Jail. We've talked about it so many times on the show. It's horribly overcrowded. Uh, there's really bad conditions. Um, it was a huge issue whenever Jeremiah was running for county council uh, in 2018, and it continues to be a major issue. And what Jeremiah's kept saying in your campaign was. You know, keep electing these same people. Your taxes are going to go up. Yeah, I'm. Con- well, here, here's my deal. the The county, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, now p- passed a public safety low it. It's now a, it's not an option anymore. So it's not a low it anymore. It's just a L O T. Lit, yeah, lit, not a low it. Whatever. It's lit. It's lit. Get lit. <laughs> lit. So they they raised your income taxes for that, and that was kind of a stopgap. And now we're looking at Henry County, the jail. You know, we've we've been we've talked about that for the last hundred episodes on this program uh, about the issues that we have over there and how something's going to have to be done. And we are. Uh, it looks like the county council is now at the point where they're going to to vote to move forward with a point two percent income tax increase, which I campaigned against last year. Um most of the candidates tried to say, no, I'm not sure I want to do that yet. Uh, you know, tap that line, but you know, here we are. We're in, it, it's, it looks pretty imminent. Uh, I think, uh, Jefferson County, I know Vigo County and I know Hancock County all passed it. They're getting a jail for it. I'm afraid Henry County is getting ready to pass it just as a good faith effort to show a federal judge. Hey, we're trying something. Um, and I'm just not convinced that we're going to get anything for it. The public yeah. safety, you don't have any real assets or many assets other than a few cars to show for it. It's just been filling, filling budget holes. Chad sure. Malicote was at a meeting for um, County Jail Overcrowding Task Force. And this is like a, a statewide task force for overcrowded jails. Mm. And the fact that that exists tells me at some point the state is going to get involved with all of these issues and try to help the counties. And do you really believe that? I disagree with that. Yeah. The, the reason I, we're I in this will. position is because of what the state so, did. So here's my problem. Uh, I Joe, think that's, that's the, the thing. The, and this is what I said during the campaign. 
is that the state caused this problem by sending level sixes 200 feet away from us. Well, it was a crimp, the criminal code rewrite and uh, lessening a lot of the penalties for drug offenses and then making us take all the level, almost all level sixes is what caused this problem. So you've got low incarceration numbers at the, at the DOC at the state level. Yeah. They've closed facilities and you have busting at the seams going on at the County level. And instead of solving the issue, the state said, Hey, you guys can raise your taxes locally and build and build prisons to house your county folks. I take the stance of, okay, there's damn near a thousand county councilmen and county commissioners. And if they showed up in force in January, people from both of the elected parties, they showed up at the, in January at the state house and pointed at their 150 legislators and the governor and said, you fix this, you cause this problem. I'm not raising taxes on my people. You'd actually get somewhere. But instead we're going to have seven people vote yes and be real sorry about it, but they're going to vote to raise our taxes. And every county is going to try to replicate the same damn thing that they had at the state level. And we're not having the conversation about who actually should be in the jail, which is what I'm hoping we can do tonight as to who, you know, who needs to be in a county facility, who needs to be in a facility at all. And maybe some, some changes that we can make to the law um, so that we don't put people in awkward situations. I guess my major worry with it was, is that that task force exists. What if all of a sudden for the next 20 years, we have a point I'm paying $10 more a month to the County government. And then uh, next year, the state legislature says uh, we'll take back the level six felonies or something ridiculous like that. That's I know that that's happen. a ridiculous that's thing, <laughs> but if they, or even if they offered financial aid and all of a sudden we didn't need that 0.2% tax increase, I think that that's a very real possibility that could happen. At it's the a state it's level. a twenty year right now. It's written, so and then it's all a twenty of a sudden, year deal. Twenty years from now, it'll change. You will never in. crawl that back. Just like you never will get rid of your public safety low it. You will never get rid of your food and beverage taxes once a county has it. Anytime you incrementally let government get bigger, you're going to do it. It's yep. going to happen because yep. you will. It 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 naturally wants to grow. That's just the way it goes. Right. So we've been talking about this. Uh, all constantly on this show. And then all of a sudden the, the new acting prosecutor in Marion County, his name is Ryan Mears. He announced this week that they're no longer going to be arresting and charging folks for small marijuana charges. That's half true. Um, but then the South said Force, charging, right? He doesn't control who gets arrested. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. The Southport police chief says, uh, no, if you don't want us to arrest people, that is the, the legislature's issue. And we're going to continue to make arrests like we like the law says. So Southport's one of the towns that resides inside of Marion County. Yep. Um, putting people in a really bad spot. You've got a law that says X, and then you've got a prosecutor's office that says Y. Um, at some point, police officers are going to say, oh, the hell with this. This is just futile, I, I would imagine, yeah. right? If, it, if, it, if you're going to go through the work of arresting somebody and the prosecutor is just going to routinely throw out your work, then at some point you'll probably will stop you stop arresting people. I guess for that. What I don't understand about it, and I don't know what they do there. I can tell you here. A couple of years ago, we had a you know our jail's been overcrowded for a while, and so the sheriff, myself, um, you know, we met. I met with the chief of police, and we talked about how are ways, and and the judges are all involved in this too. How are ways that we can help ease the overcrowding? And so we came up a list with misdemeanor cases that, like, if in a misdemeanor case, you can either be arrested or you can receive an information and summons, get a court date. 
And so we looked at the list and we said, okay, well, what are these crimes can we do so that they're not arrested and being housed in the jail? And so we looked at them and basically possession of marijuana is driving while suspended, uh, some resisting law enforcement, some illegal consumptions, um, you know, uh, driving without ever seeing a license, all of these cases, reckless driving, none of those go to jail. So we almost or very rarely do any of those cases go in our Henry County jail at any given time. And so we've already looked at, at those things. So I don't, I don't know what's going on in Marion County. I don't know how small marijuana cases are, are clogging up their jail. I, I, I can't imagine that's happening, but here we've already made that decision. How can we help ease the overcrowding? So, so we did that. So there's hardly, as I said before, there's hardly any misdemeanors in our jail right now. And then we looked at other things. How else can we improve it? And so, so we first started the veterans court, which is, it's a great program for veterans. Um, you know, they'll, they'll go in the program, they'll get the treatment they deserve and hopefully keep them out of the jail. And, and we've been successful with that. And then from there, starting the veterans court, then, uh, judge crane who started the veterans court, he was like, yeah, this is, this is a good program. And so it was a progress to, I think, to get him to go from say, okay, let's do veterans court. This is good. Okay. Let's start a drug court. Cause you know, maybe we can have similar results. Um, and so we started the drug court and the drug court was, it's really good. Sean's well. wearing his drug court I'm, swag. I'm yeah, swag tonight. I, I was going to wear mine, but I didn't want to look like a twin. Um, And so we started the drug court and it's honest, as Sean says, it is probably the most rewarding thing I do each week or one of the most rewarding things because you actually sit there and and you can see the change in these people. And so it's, you know, it's been real beneficial. And so we've been doing things to help ease, you know, the problems at the jail. Uh, But at some point there are just some people who have to be in jail for whatever reason, either it's because they just uh, keep committing crimes and we need to keep the public safe or it's that, you know, some other reason, but, but they need to be in jail. Yeah. Um, uh, said that he, that Marion County was actually only go, or charging 81% of these marijuana possessions. See, I, I don't know what you read, they, but they, I think he, what no, I, they weren't charging. What I read was he was sorry. dismissing about 81%. Yeah. And so I, what, I'm sorry. I wrote that wrong in the show notes, but what that really means backwards. is that they did charge him, but you know, it's not uncommon for prosecutors around the state to have diversion programs. And especially for first time offenders in, you know, marijuana cases, illegal consumption, um, some other ones, you'll do a, a agreement to withhold prosecution. And so if they comply with the terms and conditions of that, the case will be dismissed. But that doesn't mean there isn't a sanction for their action, right? So if, if the goal is to get them to comply with the law, maybe get some treatment at the time if they need it. Uh, you know, it's the carrot and stick approach, right? You give them something, you get, it's kind of like drug court. You give them something, you get something in return. And so in drug court, if they complete the program, I dismiss the charges so they don't have a felony conviction. In this case, in mar- possession marijuana cases, they complete the agreement with old prosecution. Then uh, at the end, the case gets dismissed. So there is something for that, that, you know, this person has to face penalty, maybe see, you know, I shouldn't be smoking marijuana or it's illegal. So, you know, I shouldn't be doing it or possessing it or using it. Um, so I, you know, just because they're dismissing 81% of the cases, I think that's misleading. It doesn't mean that there isn't some sort of sanction out of it less than a conviction that does serve a public purpose. Is it becoming more and more problematic enforcing the cannabis laws now with Michigan having their legalization? No, it's real easy. It's illegal. It's illegal in Indiana. And if you're in Henry County, you're going to be charged <laughs> with it and uh, we're going to prosecute it. So no, it's, it's actually quite easy. It's just the people who coming through on I 70 out to Colorado or our, wherever our tourists who, that are passing who, through, who the pass state. through and just, well, it's legal there. Well, then you should go South or go North around us, I guess. That's bad for the economy, man. <laughs> yeah, then they don't stop and use our hotels and eat at our local restaurants. 
maybe they stop at uh, at you know unique boutique in downtown Newcastle, <laughs> all just because they had something that they wanted to use to relax, just like we drink beer. But there's lots of things one can do that's legal to relax yeah. that you don't have to use marijuana. It's true. Well, my my thought of this was okay. So is he doing this for political purposes, or is he doing this for we're going to divert resources to focus on, say, like violent crimes and homicide, which they're off the charts. Mary County right is historically pretty high on those on those numbers and keeps uh, climbing. But I doubt he's using deputy prosecutors who are prosecuting marijuana to pursue uh, murder cases and, and things of that nature. So I get that it's a lot of process for a lot of people in Marion County. So maybe you're saving time or money uh, in that regard by not uh, pursuing it. Yeah, but, but they're going to be paid anyway, right? I mean, well, they could possibly. I mean, they could be their full time. They could be diverted, or or they could potentially cut back on people. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the answer is there, but I, I see it as kind of a blend of both political, kind of a political statement as well as trying to be a little bit more pragmatic for their county. And yeah. what's right for Marion County isn't necessarily right for smaller counties like ours. Um, and it was, and it was one of those things where there's a lot of people that have taken the side of this is the legislature's problem, um, not a prosecutor's problem, but in other areas and states that legalize, like for instance, uh, Colorado, Denver criminal decriminalized and then, um, made a, made a full legally full legal on the city level be, before it was brought to the state. So it, there's a significant history behind um, local people in local cities and counties making making decisions that wind up impacting the entire state. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he's well within his rights mm-hmm. to say that he's not going to be uh, charging these folks anymore. But if he doesn't want the arrest to be made, then that is something that needs to be taken up with the legislature as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a public policy argument. I think those policies are made by the legislature, not by local prosecutors. That's by the people, you know, the people, the same, same folks that elect you are the same ones that elect the state, you know, our two state senators and our state representative in Henry County. If the voters of Marion County want that, they'll vote for them. Exactly. Eventually. If they don't, they won't. And that's, that's the good thing about, about that being an elected position in, in that regard. If you see the direction of public policy over time, I just, I, I can see that we're going to have a tax increase to pay for a jail. And I can see that we're going to have 10 years from now, 15 years from now, the state of Indiana is probably going to have different laws around cannabis. Hopefully it's at least 30 years from now and I'm long gone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I make your job a little easier. Maybe it might. No, no, you legalize it. It'll make crime more difficult to prove because there's a lot of things I think that happen through marijuana that get other drugs off the street. So I think it'll make it more difficult. Does also like make it make your job more difficult. No, I mean, I, I don't think they're too correlate or, or equivalent of each other. How about ginseng. Uh, Those, I haven't seen oh, anybody digging it up. I, well, I, mean, <laughs> I, I read stories about people that have this ginseng plant too, that, that causes that problems. Is weird. That is a weird thing. So realistically, the, the numbers of people that are just charged with simple possession for marijuana are relatively low. It's I would not say. a lot. It's, it's not. Yeah. I feel like it's a tool in the toolkit, right? It's, it's almost what the way it looks to me is like you're going to lose. You're going to lose some of the leverage we talked about. Where hey, you've got marijuana, and it's a it's a it's a tool that we see the state using to lead to other to other well, areas. And the other thing I think 
when you know every, for every sentencing or all, every major felony sentencing, we all get a, a pre-sentence investigation report, just a bunch of information about the defendant. But in those, it talks about you know drug history of them, and I can't. T- I mean, almost every single one that I've been involved in, they always start with marijuana and they well, our, move up. I mean. And usually the governor of the state age. of Indiana has the same, same background. And so does Mitch Daniels, the president of Purdue university. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of people that have that on their resume. Not you me. Just, you just way. deal with the bad eggs. <laughs> oh, One bad skittle, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that this idea that we have all these people just only charged with marijuana and they're all sitting at the jail. I just, I, I reject that. But, yeah, and that's what I've heard from and from a defense perspective, we can figure that one out. We can figure out B misdemeanors and A misdemeanors. Like that's not that's, that's not, not the root cause of our problem. The real the real problem is yeah. what the legislators did when they when they reclassified everything and they gave you the level sixes. Absolutely. So yeah, what Which, you, what if what if you, all y'all prosecutors, <clears throat> ninety two of you, showed up at the state house in January and said. 92 prosecutors, 92 Will you sheriffs. Go protest for us, Joe. I'll go with you. I'll sure. try to die. I there, mean, man. the Seriously. criminal code was not our friend from the prosecutor's office or, or the reform. It was, it made our lives more difficult. It, there, there was a period of time before the change in the law that our jail was down to like, I think it had 60 people at one point. And then when I was a kid, uh, Kim Cronk was sheriff. Henry County was making money off of empty beds from other counties. And we've had this flip. By the way, I, I think the sheriff said that he was getting he's going to pay forty bucks for St. Joe County, but I heard Rush County is only thirty seven, and they're a whole lot closer. Um, so, <laughs> like, it's not it's like a, I got a coupon. Is, I got a coupon for Rush County. The, yeah, the <laughs> my dad's on a, uh, a merit board guy down in Rush County. I know the going rate. Um, <laughs> the I don't know, man. It's I, I really do feel like that if if the county elected officials from the 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 county councils that are expected to pay for it, the county executives and the commissioners, the prosecutors and the sheriffs, the people we've elected. If a thousand of you guys turned up in January, there'd be a lot of TV cameras and there'd be an ability to affect some change. But instead it seems like the councils are going to vote seven, nothing and say they're real sorry and raise our taxes. And we're going to end up with a whole lot of little jails locally instead. Pretty much. I mean, that's that's the way I see it. We're looking at the regional jail and and I was failed. I was not a fan. Neither was because I. I, I don't think it makes sense for a lot of reasons, but um, now the one, I did think of one good reason for it was it would, if it's in another County, all those jail battery cases occur in the other County. <laughs> so I'm going to prosecute those. That's true. Are you responsible so, for, do you have to prosecute geo issues? issues at yes. Geo? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Interesting. At geo and the jail, both. So yes. both the prison yeah. and the jail prison and the jail. So, Last question, as far as all this goes, before we move into our final thoughts, is uh, for both of you guys, if there's any steps that you guys think that could happen on the county level to alleviate the issues that you see with the county jail, uh, what do you think they could be? I'm just going to start with Sean from the defense attorney perspective. Um, I guess we could revisit the bond schedule, see if that's something that we need to look at. Um like we a have a bundling bond. thing, like buy two bonds, get a third free. Well, <laughs> so we have a split bond schedule in our county. So part of it's surety bond, part of it's cash bond. So unless your attorney negotiates some other bond for you or something else, then you're paying a bondsman as well as a cash bond. I'm not opposed to that part of the system, but sometimes you'll have these bonds that are extremely high for people in our county. It's just not realistic for them to bond out. And the purpose of bond is to ensure that they reappear and not reoffend. Um, 
So I think if we got a little bit more creative with those options, um, that, that may be something to look at, but, um, also look at just expanding these problem solving courts. And, and we, we've got, um, you know, a lot of interest in that. We've, we've generated a lot of, uh, um, I think good, uh, perceptions, a good press, if you will. We were in the, so, the Courier Times. Travis, uh, Travis White, friend of the show, uh, was there, did a story on our graduation program. And, um, so you look like you had a very official job in that, in the picture. Uh, I, th- I think my leg was in the picture. <laughs> or maybe you're, ma- maybe you're, maybe you were in the Middletown paper. The, oh, the, maybe I was. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Oh man, you got to take the Middletown news. Okay. Too. Well, I, all I of should. our friends in the media. You had a very prominent photo in that That's one. Excellent. So if oh, we, maybe I'll go down to Frost Framing. We'll get have to go get you. it. We'll have to go get it. <laughs> if we keep making these uh, these problem solving courts, these specialty courts, mm-hmm. um, obviously we can't expect the limited number of uh, judges in the county to take on all these different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. What would have to have to happen for us to hire someone that is over an or I guess what would it take for the county to get another judge to oversee these specialty courts? So it's it's the legislature has to uh, it's done at the state level. The state the state will uh, the state will then pass a law that creates a new court and then appoints a new judge for that court. And then when you do that, the state will pay the judge's salary, but then the county will have to pick up all the expense of the court and the court staff. Um, and so that that's the way it would have to work. But it'd have to start with the legislature first. Okay. We're not, uh, with our case numbers, I don't think we're, we're there. No. Mm-hmm. No. A city councilman is on the other side of that door just texting us. Just, just picking on <laughs> us right now. This is, it's happening. But no, that's, I, I would look at looking at the bond schedule again and um, seeing if that's a possibility. But, you know, realistically, if we would have done something about this problem 10 years ago, we could be on the other side of this and we could be housing other people from other counties, making money off of it. Just nobody was, Oh, are you for prison for profit now? Sean? Well, nobody's, if it keeps your taxes lower, are you to be realistic? No, <laughs> no. willing to be realistic about our situation. And, and maybe nobody saw the, the change in the, uh, Indiana criminal code coming. That's a possibility because I think that was uh, pretty surprising. We kind of got blindsided by that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, the state representative that caused all of that left the office in shame, right? We don't remember that. <laughs> well, they didn't. They didn't tell us like ahead of time. Like, hey, guess what? It's going to change. <laughs> like, they didn't tell us anything. It's just like, oh, now here's the new criminal code. Hmm. So, Judd McMillan. This is all Judd McMillan's fault. <laughs> He we're, resigned, right? Yeah, he uh, he had a, a sex video, ah, uh, but oh uh, but he's the uh, <laughs> just uh, 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 this is the this is why I have this show. Why Joe, do you, why I resign this. over that? Uh, well, he was. There's no shame. Are we kink shaming now? Yeah. Listen, Judd McMillan resigned because he's a Republican and they're not allowed to have sex videos. Yeah. But Justin yeah. Moed, uh, he's still a state rep because he's a Democrat <laughs> and they they're allowed to do that. Only missionary. same thing that happened with Phil Hinkle. Um, Phil Hinkle had to uh, had to resign because he was caught with a boy in a hotel room, and he okay, was a well, that's a little that. bit different yeah. than a sex video. Well, I mean, he was yeah. a, I mean, like nineteen. He may have been yeah. paying the gentleman for his time. Um, also, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, this is all Justin Moed's fault. And once again, I think if a thousand state rep, uh, uh, state say, uh, uh, Jesse Smollett's fault, Justin Moed's fault. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got it. You got it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I know. Someone I'm, else is laughing in their car driving to work right now. I, I understand. And I don't want to. I don't want to throw the legislature totally under the bus. On oh come code. on! This is talk radio, Sean. Because because they did a lot of things that I think improve people's situations. Don't worry, we'll get Tom Saunders in here the next time you host. There's, and, there's no more mini, minimally non-suspendable cases in drug cases anymore. And you're removing, you're, you're removing yeah, fennel, fel, that did uh, a lot to promote plea agreements. And that did a lot to promote plea agreements. No, the minimally uh, non-suspendable portion, they took that out. Uh, which I think that, no, I think it should be up to the judges to decide whether someone should go to prison, not anything else. So... But those, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, think it ought to be up to a jury. What, to sentence? <laughs> like in oh, Texas no, we don't, with that yeah. uh, uh-huh. police officer. That. <laughs> yeah, you're getting all my references tonight. I've been I watching the news lately. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Uh, uh, I think we've think done a lot done? so far. Like the problem-solving courts, I think, uh, you know, have done a lot. I th- originally, when we designed it, the des- we th- or the judge thought we could do forty five, uh, forty five def- or participants in the program. Uh, we have about twenty now, I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it takes yeah. a better part of the morning. I think you know uh, forty five is a pretty lofty goal. I don't know that we could uh, you know accommodate that much. So you know, but doing that, I, I think the problem solving courts help it. I think the policies of of those cases where you know just give uh, citing them with an information and summons helps a lot. Of not having the jail have to process these people, not having them in there takes resources away from resources away from those jail officers there. So I think that that's helped out. Um, you know, I. Other than that, I don't, you know, we can get, you know, what it takes is money. Maybe we could do something. I think there's a lot of people, not a lot, but there's some people in jail who really are just strictly mental health, have mental health issues, and they're in jail because we want to keep the community safe, but we have nowhere else to put them. And it's just, it's a bad situation for everybody. And so maybe if the legislature would uh, put some money towards mental health so we could help these people in a way that we're not housing them in our jail because that's the only place we can put them, that would go a way to help easing the overcrowding. Um, but quite state, frankly, state hospitals are gone. The county county homes are gone. Some of the tools yeah. that used to be there in another era no longer exist. So the only bucket you have is a county jail. Exactly, and it's not good for those people. It's not good for the other offenders. It's not good, it's not for, good the for the jail. Those, no, yeah. it's 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 a bad situation. So I think if we could get it, it really just takes money. It's more money in in the communities for services. Um, but really, some of it just comes down to the defendant themselves, right? A lot of the people, I think one of your questions on there, like what's the most prevalent amount of people in jail? And, and I'd say probably 85% of it's all drug drug or drug related in some fashion. So if so we had more resources. eliminated prohibition. <laughs> yeah, it's just. We would solve the 85% No, I said drugs, not alcohol. Well, prohibition of anything. Prohibition leads to crime, which leads to violence, which leads to all this sure. other stuff. When they break into your house, they're going to say, oh, sorry, it was legal. Why'd they that? break into my house? Because they wanted to feed their drug habit. But then they're trespassing. Right. But if you know, their drugs were just available at Walmart, <laughs> and then the castle doctor kicks Listen, in for man, Dakota. Listen, if they just come into my house, like they won't be in jail, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Dakota. I'm not going to jail. Yeah, because if they saying, break in your house, you have the right to uh, I'm just do saying, something let's else. Give, huh? Let's give yeah. our yeah. way a try for I like might five be in jail for the night (laughs) (laughs) like five years we'll try no prohibition and then if it doesn't work out we'll go back to your way if we could just no, do you it can't, because once you level. do it, you can't go back. Right? I wish well, I knew the prosecutor did. that. Can the same thing with marijuana, right? Once you do it, you can't go back. <laughs> well, in the 30s, <laughs> we had we had no prohibition. Then all of a sudden, they added prohibition, and that you know led to 
Lots Al Capone. of organized crime. And, and, uh, and now they yeah, the same thing. They tell me in 20 years this 0.2 tax increase is going to go away. So obviously we can roll it back. We're going we're gonna to roll it all back. That's what I heard. Sounds like a good idea. So it takes money, money and resources, but it takes the defendants to want to, you know, not people have to want to change. Yeah. So that's part of it. Yeah. All right. I understand. I'll settle for two and a half years of no prohibition. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You get three chances. (laughs) Three strikes you're out. You got final thoughts for me, uh, producer Chris? Um, Let's see. Yeah. You got a you got a birthday to wish, don't you? I'll tell her tomorrow when it's her birthday. Uh, tomorrow, not only is it uh, the girlfriend Paige's birthday, <laughs> awkwardly, how thank you. Uh, no, also is the opening. I sent her a card. I'm hoping you do something for yeah. her. It's opening preseason for the Indie Fuel, which is where I will be instead of spending time with my girlfriend, as you guys like to <laughs> that shame should me. Be a crime. Is there a crime for that, Joe? Choosing if, a if not, there ought to be a preseason <laughs> hockey game instead a, of your girlfriend's he's birthday in a prison dinner? of his own making. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, oh, there is I've, a walking I've been event. To talk so much sense into him. I even took him to breakfast <laughs> twice this week. Taking <laughs> <laughs> him under his wing. That's nice. There's uh, a walking event for the campaign Saturday. Paige will be there. So, you know, it's going to be a date. We're going to go walk and knock and talk. Oh man. And I then, was, uh, listen, it worked. It worked for me in 2016. Sarah tagged along uh, for all the Rex Bell for governor stuff. I know. And, and listen, I got this damn thing on my finger. So I'm just saying, listen guys, if you're single, just run for political office. You'll find your mate. That's all I got. Mate. Huh? That's how you're going to put None it. Of that seems my right. mate. None of that seems <laughs> no, right. That <laughs> Well, Sean, you already found a Sarah, so you're <laughs> <I did. laughs> locked in. I'm not running for anything. You're you're pretty well set. I'm set. You got anything to promote? Anything good? Get, oh uh, man, give a phone number out in case somebody needs uh, uh, needs your services. Yeah, you're in a real law your, office, yeah, right? Yeah, in a law office. Seven six five five two nine three seven eight seven. We're here. I, have I don't see any. I don't see any billboards or or signs on buses or anything for no, you. We're Ken Nunn got all those. Yeah, seven, Ken Nunn two, and the uh, hammer. The hammer. Seven. Uh, you know those guys. You they, don't. You they don't do chase ambulances. When am I gonna and, and, and truck accidents? Yeah. No, actually, injured. Call Sean. Th- that's the thing about personal injury work. It's all the TV guys now, and and very rarely will you have all that much personal injury work to do in a small town. So you're more focused on family law, civil litigation, criminal litigation. So that's what I do. And Sean, if, no matter what, what's it going to take guy. for me to get you Thanks, guys Jeff. on Judge Judy? Being the prosecutor. Uh, like, well, I mean, I'd love to attorney. do. Uh, pay me, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, more than I make now, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want you to go. I want, I want Plaintiffs a case and defendants. I want a want case from Henry County to be on Judge. Oh, Judy. well, that's like small claims court. That's like, but it's I want like it to be on Judge it's like, Judy. It's so like it can be backed like, into my my truck, yeah, and I need I, I need to be made whole. I, I want it to be like uh, that scene from My Name Is Earl whenever he's on Cops, and he's like, "My cops is on." I want it to be like <laughs> my, cops is on. my Judge Judy's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be honest, yeah, most people in small claims court represent themselves. So that's why it makes good television for people's court and mm-hmm. Judge Judy and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even take small claims cases. Really, I just. I, I feel like for me, for the time I would spend on my it, my neighbor has been spraying Roundup charge. into uh, my side of the creek. Isn't your mother-in-law oh, next door to you? That's more of no. an EPA. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other she's side. A, she's EPA a couple thing. houses down. No, this 
He's been spraying Roundup on my side of the creek. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that feels like the uh, the dictator down in Spiceland could take care of that one for you. Uh, I want yeah, I want compensation Ar- for that grass is what I want. The Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Darren Jacobs. Darren Jacobs. Yeah, <laughs> token the socialist. Yeah. The token socialist. Uh, Darren Mark. Speaking of yeah. speaking of <laughs> speaking of Darren, how's uh, how's that going? You've uh, you guys had an exciting planning commission meeting since we saw you last. Uh, uh, yeah, we did. No, nobody got approved <laughs> for anything. Did. So uh, approved for anything. Wind wind appears to be dead for a while. Uh, I I can't really comment. <laughs> on that. That's an ongoing. It's always an ongoing thing. It's just um, you know there there was a resolution that was passed at the last planning commission. I anticipate that'll go to the BZA and. Uh, Probably have to be litigated. So, very fun. More that's money for Sean. That's all I have to say. That's all I can say. See, I'm good about this. I don't. I, You've I've been, been doing it seven. I've been years. doing this for seven years. Yeah. It's like a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an anti-vaxer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to tell Dakota he's going to have it? He's got to make a vaccination decision. Yeah, my kids had to have vaccines today, and my daughter went kicking and screaming. So just. Be ready for all that. Mm-hmm. So. It took uh, myself like, just like you should do if you're getting arrested. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the schools expect polio shots and things like that. I like to not see her in like a wheel, like an FDR wheelchair. It's hard yeah. to find a good room for the iron lung. It's, 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 it's <laughs> outdated. Yeah, kind of kind of played out the iron lug. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, this has been fun. I love being here, guys. Anytime. All right. Well, Anytime. you never know when a, we might have a, an emergency you, uh, you hit again. Me up. I'm here. Yeah, try it again. Not you, Jeremiah. I'll hit him up. <laughs> yeah, look, you found he knows how to you get found me. the magic. You got him, Joe. I hope you'll come back. Thanks for having me. I appreciate a good time. It. it might be for IndyCar night next time. I don't know. Ooh, I like Ooh, that IndyCar night. Yeah, Something he'd be good, good to talk that. about. It's Dakota doesn't. We'll replace Mike those. McCowan. <laughs> 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 you can sit in my chair for that night. No, oh, we've done 132 episodes uh, tied at the hip, Dakota. We I, ha- I have to anywhere. work that night, it turns yeah. out. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How much does Dakota know about IndyCar? That's what I want to know. Uh, Not a whole lot. Everything yeah. he's learned on this program. Probably. Yeah. He could probably name three drivers now. Alex Rossi. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> you don't even know who won the championship this year? I would know. Simon. Nope. Joseph. Nope. Don't know James. Nope. James Hinchcliffe. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Elio. Nope. Tony. Mario. Scott. I know Mario. Tony. Tony. I I know who I know Tony. <laughs> I don't remember big his tone. last name. <laughs> I know the big tone man. Marco. Yeah. You know who Marco is. I I know the name. I could you give me a last the, name if I had no to? no Takuma. I, could you give me Takuma's last name? Mm-mm. It was mentioned in the show. It was. It really was. He doesn't pay attention. I zone out to those in those portions. Ryan Hunter. Ray. What about him? (laughs) Anyway. Anything else we need to know, Joe? I think that's it. Is there anything you need to promote? Um, Where can we find you if we want to reach out to you? In the prosecutor's office. All right. Don't bring your phone. I just slid into his email DMs. (laughs) Will you please give your personal phone number to the 1,500 people that will listen? <laughs> no, I will not. There's a reason we couldn't tag him on Facebook, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. wants to be reached through official communications only. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's what we, Sean's for. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> I'm a liaison. 
we uh, you can say Larry. Uh, we we appreciate you being here very much. Well, thanks it's, for having uh, me. I appreciate it. It was good and uh, very informative, and we like to have our elected officials on the program. Uh, Dakota. All right, I have a couple of things that I want to point out. First of all, I want to say thank you. I have I have three people to say thank you to, other than our two wonderful guests that came on at the last minute. Uh, first, I want to thank God because he listened to my prayers on last week's show <coughs> and is finally making the weather cool down. Yes. Uh, oh, I thought this was about the gender time. reveal. The, <laughs> <laughs> the second person... <laughs> The, I thought it was a girl the whole time. We are having a boy. The second person I want to thank has to do with the gender reveal, and that would, of course, be John Montgomery from Montgomery Steakhouse. They were super accommodating to us in the back room, let us pop a giant powder-filled balloon out in the backyard of their of the steakhouse. So it was really neat. Um, I really appreciate them for letting us make a giant mess and bring in some of our own food and stuff. And we had cupcakes and things. And uh, I thought you guys so were, were going to do it with, with, with blue or pink colored cupcakes but you did it with the balloons i did it with a balloon a balloon a big old balloon filled with powder i messed up the first balloon and filled it with way too much powder and it wouldn't float with is this the how helium. you shot yourself but yeah float? it wouldn't float there was too much powder inside of the okay. balloon and whenever i filled it with filled it up with the helium oh. the powder was weighing it down mm-hmm. so i had to make a second one so i had an extra balloon <laughs> <laughs> i had an extra balloon i took it home and uh, I was going to shoot it with a BB gun. Uh, so I nailed it to a tree to shoot it with a BB gun because I wanted to do, to do a little something special for the Patreon folks. Oh, and you did something special? <laughs> yes, you did. So, it was very popular. So I took the BB gun out there, the little daisy. Yeah, uh, It's a pistol. And this gun, I'll have you know, I've shattered beer bottles with it. Okay, uh-huh. It's a pretty powerful BB gun. I take it out there. Air and, rifle, pump, what are we doing? Uh, it's a red rider. It's a pump, but it's a, it's a pistol. It's a handgun. So take it out there and I aim and I shoot and it bounces off the balloon and comes back and hits me right in the gut. (laughs) (laughs) It it made a great video. It's good content. Hilarious. If you're a Patreon member, I posted it in uh, the Patreon group on Facebook and you got to see that and laugh at me going, ow, (laughs) (laughs) it felt like a bee sting. Um, and then the third person that I want to thank would be uh, Mr. Rob Davis, who's a listener of the show, and he's also uh, the owner out at uh, Spiceland Wood Products here in Henry County, Indiana. Uh, great place to go buy custom cabinets and things. Every bit of countertops and cabinet work I've ever had done has been through them. But also, um, I've said in the Patreon portion, I've been building a, a changing table, and I needed some boards planed and sanded and uh, called him up, and he was like, yeah, come down, and uh, we can take care of that for you. So even though I had built the panels and done everything already, he was willing to uh, exchange some of his equipment for a really super reasonable price and get that done for me. And a thank you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Invaluable. Very well, cool. the thank you for the show. He gave me a book. So he, oh. he, he gave me a book that I would like to read. So that is... this. The thank you is the payment for the book. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very cool. So there we go. All right. It's been a fun, uh, fun show. Uh, Aaron Dickens, city councilman Aaron Dickens says that these two know a lot about powder and balloons. I don't know how to interpret <laughs> that, but. Did you really say that? To... Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's about cocaine. I don't know. Powder and, uh, 
I think oh, we're somewhere where it doesn't need to go. Yeah, that's nice. Your socks inside. Type. You put balloons, man. <laughs> They're a prison. <laughs> this has been fun, uh, Guffy. We got a show next week, right? Yes, we do. Who's the, on? Who's the, coming on? The tenth is the one, the only Aaron Dickin. Oh, and another famous Newcastle person, Rex Peckinpah. Oh, <gasps> and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. The uh, wow. couple of the sitting city councilmen. So we will uh, we will officially start our city council person uh, conversation and work our way through as much of the uh, Newcastle city government between now and election day as we can. With that, uh, thank everybody for being here, and we will uh, see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.